0: All right, if you guys want to turn your Bibles to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 10, and we're just going to jump right into it if you guys don't mind. You guys ready for this? Do you guys need a warm up? Do you guys want like a story or something? Just jump right into it? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse, let's go to verse 10, and we're going to speak about the day of the Lord says in verse 10, "...but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness?" looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat nevertheless we according to his promise look for the new heavens or new the new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved Paul, brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, "...as also in all of his epistles, speaking of them, of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, in which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked." but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is jam-packed and powerful. I love it. Uh, So Peter's talking about the hope of the church, right? Which is the hope of the church is the rapture of the church. Or when we go to meet the Lord in the air, right? Or wherever, however we meet the Lord, um, but according to verse 10, I didn't want to just start with 10, because 10, 10 is like starting with a big bang, right, like, when it's explosive, and people are going to get lost, so uh, yes, we're going to start with verse 10, but there's some events that lead up to this event, uh, so if you don't mind turning with me to Daniel chapter 9, I know all of us, all of our Bibles are pretty used up in Daniel 9, if you're like me. Um, Pastor Dwight does an amazing job. I'm not going to go over um, all of it. We're just going to fly through a couple of things here. Uh, but the Day of the Lord is a period of time. It's not a 24-hour you know, time clock thing. Um, in fact, the Day of the Lord... It's a period of time. It's mentioned uh, a little more than 25 times in the, in the Bible. And so let's look a, uh, take a quick look at the events that lead up to the day of the Lord. And by the way, other people have different views, but don't worry. Today, you guys get the correct view, right? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and start. Daniel 9, verse 27. It said, or I'm sorry, go to verse 24. And so seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. Speaking of Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. And this word weeks right here, that could be translated to sevens. And so seven-year periods of time, or so you have 70 weeks, or 70-year periods of time, uh, or 490 years, so those of you guys who love math, here you go, Uh, until the everlasting righteousness is brought in, is what it says, right? So there's a gap between these 490 years, Uh, period of time. Between Daniel chapter 9 verses 26 and 27, this gap is known as the church age, the day that you and I are living in right now. Uh, It's known as the last days as well. So Daniel chapter 9 verse 25 It speaks of the coming of the Lord. Look at verse 25. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. So the walls of Jerusalem will be rebuilt in troublesome times. Daniel gives us the exact time when the Messiah is going to come on the scene. And you have here 69 sevens, um, a year period of time, and, or 69 sevens, or 483 years, right? And the command was given to rebuild the walls of Jer- rebuild Jerusalem. So that command was given by King Artaxerxes on March fourteenth, four 445 B.C., And so if you do the math, March 14, 444 uh, 444, B.C., um, that's 173,880 days. uh, You come to April 6, 32 A.D., the exact day that Jesus came in riding on the donkey, Palm Sunday, right? The triumphal entry when he comes in and he declares himself, that's the very first time by the way that he allows himself to be praised did you guys catch that in the new testament it's the first time that he allows it other other times he's like no don't tell anybody it's not my time that was his time because of daniel chapter 9 very interesting um, that man the whole story of redemption is interesting and everything that jesus did as he served us as he taught us uh, what did we do we crucified him Right? We beat him up, we bruised him, uh, beaten beyond recognition, uh, pulled his beard off, basically, and even the disciples couldn't even recognize who he was. And, and all that for you and I, right? He was crucified. By the way, that was according to prophecy. In fact, if you look at Daniel 9, look at verse 26, It says, And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come, so this is later, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. So after the 69 uh, weeks, Jesus dies on the cross, but not for himself. It was for you and I. Right? And so Romans chapter 5 verse 8, what does it say? But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so uh, we, speaking of us, we're in this church age, right? Since the cross, since the Lord rose again from the grave, Acts chapter 2, we are alive in this church age, right? What we refer to as well as the last days. The last days begun, at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and will culminate basically until the rapture of the church happens. And so Matthew 24 speaks about this time that we live in today, that there would be these things happening before the rapture of the church, right? You got um, earthquakes in various places, wars, rumors of wars. Um, man, the whole world's basically against Israel, right? You see Russia, Israel, Syria, or I'm sorry, Israel. <laughs> Uh Syria, Iran, all of them are coming together, Turkey, right? And and it's it's happening right now. We're we're there. <laughs> if you're still scratching your head and being like, "I wonder if we're near the end." Yeah, we're there. Okay? Saved you some homework there. Um but there's going to be a lot of stuff happening, but it's not the end. It's only the beginning of sorrows. It's 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 just like uh the Bible relates it to a woman in labor, right? And it's it's a it's it's very interesting. So let's understand this day of the Lord. Go back with me to Second Peter, Second Peter chapter three, verse ten. Second Peter chapter three verse ten. It says, "But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So." It involves the rapture of the church this is when I believe the day of the Lord will begin right so the last days began at the birth of the church and will culminate until the rapture of the church now we're in what we refer to as the uh, the day of the Lord so nobody knows by the way when the rapture will happen we know the season right we know you know the signs when the signs these signs are happening look up your redemption draws nigh right but until then while you're here what are we to do we're be faithful we're to be occupying our time here on earth with what God has given us right and giving God glory through those things and being faithful and obedient unto him but uh, until then hey look up get ready right get ready It's exciting. Be watchful. That's the prophecy conference theme, right? Watch, therefore. We got to be watchful in all that we do, and it's exciting for me, at least, but we'll be caught up in the the air to meet the Lord, and uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17, and so the day of the Lord involves the revealing of the antichrist as well you see when we're out of here by the way turn to second thessalonians go to your go to your left to second thessalonians go to chapter two see when we're when we're out of here we're that restraining force if you will you see in daniel 9 we just got done talking about the 70 weeks right and the 70th week of daniel uh, that seven year period of time this is what we refer to as the tribulation time right the first three and a half years that's pseudo peace it's not really a peace of God but it's the you know there guys there's no more murdering there's no more this and that of course they're beheading believers still but uh, so there's this fake peace going on and then the next three and a half years is what we refer to as the great tribulation because that's when you know a lot of stuff is happening but this is what we, we refer to as the tribulation time 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 look at verse 1 it says now brethren concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by a letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the son of or the man of uh, of sin is revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called god or that is worshipped so that he sits as god in the temple of god showing himself that he is god so this antichrist will come on the scene after the rapture of the church all of a sudden you know a whole What is it? Fifty of us are going to be raptured. No, I don't know how many people are going to be raptured, but I I imagine it's a lot of believers, right? And and so the falling away, by the way, that we just referred to, speaks of. If you look at that word in the Greek, it means departure, right? So there's the departure. It speaks of a departure. The context speaks of the departure of the church, the rapture of the church. So. Paul goes on in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 6 through 8, and he says, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed, speaking of the Antichrist, in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. So the, when the Holy Spirit is taken away, uh, from this earth, speaking of us, the church, when we are taken away, uh, because uh, since the Holy Spirit indwells within us, right, he's that restraining force within us. And if he's with us, right, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, uh, then when he goes, we go. We're out of here in, in, the, in the blink of an eye, right? Just faster than the blink of an eye. And, and it's going to be super fast, but all of a sudden this antichrist looks both ways (gasps) nobody to vote against me nobody to be in opposition to me opportunity right and then he comes to the scene and takes action right away and so uh, that's what has been holding back the antichrist from revealing himself it's the holy spirit it's the church right the holy spirit's within the church so he will enter the new temple uh, because he's going to make this peace treaty. You guys know all this, so I'm just, you know, I'm just going over for overview. Um, and, you know, there, of course, like I said, there's that pseudo-peace. He establishes that one world government, that one world money system which right now we're at a in a huge decline look at turkey's economy look at a lot of the economies of the world they're gathering together because they're scared right now about all this debt that the world has and look at our debt we're it's coming there's a collapse coming and and we all know it but i i think it's not only the work of you know i could say oh it's the elite that's doing that it's it's their plan but guess who told us before these guys came up with any plan? It's a no-brain. I'm not shocked, right? If there is a one-world economy happening now, how is that all? I don't know, but it's going to happen, and believers will be beheaded during this time because they're going to say, "Wow, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad—they were telling me about this, and now they're gone." And now this guy is rising to the scene. They're gonna know because you taught them these things, and they rejected it until they saw it. And Now they're like, "Duh!" Right? And they're gonna give their lives to the Lord. Um, I'm sure of. And and because of that, they're not gonna take the mark. If they do take the mark, well, you, you can't go to heaven. I'm sorry. Right? The Bible is very clear on that in Revelation. So uh, they, if they don't take it, well, they're faced with beheading, just like John the Baptist. He was beheaded. And and uh, so we are to be like John the Baptist says. well. Man, point to Jesus. Just point to Jesus in all things, right? That's what we're called to do. Just give him Jesus. Give him the gospel, the Great Commission, Matthew 28. What are we doing? Go there for. So make sure you get up and Go. Into all the world. Don't be secluded and be like you know certain uh, Christian sects that say, "Oh no, we're we're supposed to be closed up in our rooms all day, and we're the only church, and we can't get away, from, we can't get near the church or the world. Oh, we'll get dirty and oh, right? No, you're you're supposed to be. We're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world, and we're to be around the world, and we're to give them the gospel. And when you do, disciple them when they give their lives to the Lord. Right? So. Better, better, stick to my notes here, so the three and a half years later. Right? In the middle of the, the, the peace treaty, you can literally count your, your time clock, right? Your prophetic time clock starts up three and a half years to the day. That day, he, guess who's entering into the temple? Do, 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 do. And then he goes, what? And he's like this, and the whole world's watching, and he declares himself as God, which the Bible says, this is the abomination of desolations, right? And so that is the first half of the tribulation. The last half will be just Total destruction on earth, right? You got the the uh, the seal uh, seals being broken, the trumpets, the bowls being poured out on the face of the world. This is God's wrath on human the human race, basically. And and so Jesus returns after the tribulation, his which is his second coming, he'll return. Uh, And you and I will be with them The angels will be with them We'll be riding on horses, right? We're coming back The world's going to try to battle with the Lord And of course they lose, right? That's a no-brainer But Jesus will judge the nations at this time And Satan will be bound up for those thousand years And the earth will be restored during that time Basically like the Garden of Eden And Satan will be released after the fact I'm skipping a whole bunch of stuff, by the way So you guys do your own research I'm just flying through this Um, Um, But, uh, so he's going to be released, he's going to, you know, deceive many people, and these people, we can't be deceived because we're in our glorified bodies, right? So who are these people that he's deceiving, and they have to be in their flesh in order to be deceived, right? Well, you guys remember the 144,000 Jews, right, who... Uh, specifics about these Jews they went into hiding into the wilderness there and uh, whether it be in Petra or the somewhere out there right they, they got away during those three and a half years and then during the next three and a half years they were protected and uh, so you got these guys if there's more people I don't see it in the Bible sorry, but if there is, I'm sure it's somewhere in there, I just haven't seen it, but, uh, so you got the 144,000, but you got a thousand years, and if it's just like the Garden of Eden, right, let's say the Lord restores the, the atmosphere and everything, there's, there's water above, you know, and, and just how it was back then, then we would obviously age longer, right? And so if these people back from the Garden of Eden were alive 400 years, 500 years, let's say up to 900 or a thousand years, imagine how much we would multiply on the face of the world. After a thousand years, Satan's coming and deceiving them. We're ministering and judging as well with the, uh, there's a lot going on during this time. I don't want to get caught up in all that. but. Uh, so, back to second Peter three ten we see the removal of the universe. The day of the Lord seems to be you know uh, after the rapture of the church um, and ends with the destruction uh, of the universe basically and it'll melt away as wax right the bible refers to you know the mountains are going to melt away as wax before the the lord and uh second peter 3 10 we see that removal right god is going to restore all things at this point and there will be a new heavens there'll be a new earth check out revelation chapter 21 uh and it'll it'll continue right so to be continued there's life after as well and it's going to continue going on but uh Understanding, just briefly, understanding these events and these things, the day of the Lord, uh, it should give us an urgency. It should give us uh, a transformation, really, should happen within our lives. And we should live our lives. A specific way, right? Peter mentions two general areas that should be affected in our lives. Uh, according to verse 11, uh, let's go ahead and go to 2 Peter chapter 3, look at verse 11. So our, the, our, our our manner of life, the way we live should be affected, right? Um, since all these things are going to happen very soon, how should our lives be lived? Um, it should, number one, it should affect our conduct toward others our conduct toward others notice in verse 11 it says therefore since all these things will be dissolved what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness so holy conduct there it is that word carries the idea of being set apart in our lives right so we are to be holy we are to be set apart in our conduct toward others when when people do us wrong when they do us right, right? Whatever it may be, how is your conduct toward them? How is your behavior toward them? And do they know that you're a Christian based on your behavior? And so the way we treat others and speak to others, it should be different. It should be big time different. I remember in middle school, I'm, I'm a new believer, right? Gave my life to the Lord. I was, I was getting in fights all the time, but I gave my life to the Lord. So I still managed to have that fight within me, right? And I saw this kid, He's, no, he's like the kid that sits in the corner. Nobody talks to him. He smells like smoke, you know, from his parents. And and uh, I would sit with him, and I saw these bullies, right? The bullies of the church, they're the big buff guys. They come in, grab his backpack, and they throw it in the garbage. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? And they're like, what do you mean what we're doing? Stay out of this. And I was like, oh, go get his backpack. And they're like, you go get it. And I was like, What? And then he walks up to me. You want to fight? And he's—you know—they try to like kiss you. I don't—I don't know why they do that. They're like, "What's up? What's up?" Right? And of course, you know, i i, I beat him up. Okay, I'm just boasting a little bit, but um, I got in a fight with him. But in, in, during the fight, I just felt the Lord speaking to my heart at that very moment. That's the moment you're not thinking. You're just like, you know. But I stopped. And my hand went like that, and I'm just seeing him doing this, you know. His name was Tony. And he, and he, was, he just looked at me like, what is, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you, know? you don't just stop in the middle of a fight. And I just got up, and I just said, leave, leave him alone for now on. And I walked away. And I thought about it. When I was reading this, I was like, man, that's awesome. And afterward, you know a whole bunch of people started asking me, what was that all about? How come you just stopped? I was like, man, I'm Christian. I don't. I'm not. Not. I'm not like that, you know. And and I, I knew the Lord was speaking to my heart. But that was the work of the Holy Spirit. There's no way I was been me, right? If it was 100% me, I would have been going to town, right? But the Lord restrained me, and it's so cool. So what is the Lord doing with you? Are you in your car? Are you driving? Are you yelling at people that can't even hear you, right? Cause I see a lot of people in Appleton, by the way, doing that. They're like, wah 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 (laughs) right i see you guys anyways um okay so turn to first peter chapter one a page over to your left look at first peter one verse 15 it says but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct okay back to second peter three uh here's the second thing that should affect our lives knowing about the day of the lord that's just around the corner right um it should affect our conduct toward God as well. Toward God as well. That word godliness, by the way, It's to be reverent, to be devout, right? It means having an awareness, a reverence of the Lord in your life at all times. It means to revere him, to fear him, to honor him, and to be aware of the person and the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. Everywhere you go, right, wherever you are, just be aware that Christ is with you. The Bible says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, right? So just because you're a thousand miles away from home, He's there. He's there. He's watching. He's with you. And and so we are to be holy. We are to be godly. Not only toward others, but also toward God. And understand that being holy and godly is God's perfect standard for you and I. Did you guys know that? Leviticus 11.44, it says, You shall be holy, as for I am holy, he says, Jesus even said in Matthew 5, 48, he says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Isn't that amazing? You see, to be holy and perfect, it's not tough. It's not difficult. It's impossible, right? Apart in our our own flesh and our own strength, we can't do it right Zechariah 4 6 20 Zerubbabel it was a good reminder not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord we need to be reminded of that as well it's it's, we can't do a thing to please God we can't be perfect in his eyes Uh, it's 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 not possible so turn back to second Peter chapter one again godliness is not something we can generate from within ourselves Uh, in in Romans chapter 7 verse 18 it says for I know that in me that is in my Flesh, Paul says, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I don't find. So, if no good thing comes from within me, uh, then I need help, right? Amen. You need help too, guys. Hey, watch out. It's not just me. Um, but being holy and godly, know this it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You literally cannot do anything to be holy of yourself. Wait, I can't just do this and say this and do this and go give that and then I'll be holy? No, you can't. I don't care what the Catholic Church tells you. It's a lie, right? You you can't pray that many times and become this. It's not possible. You can only be holy through the work and the person of Jesus Christ because of the cross, right? Because of the resurrection. It's his power in us that enables us to do anything that's good for him right apart from him we're nada in espanol we're nothing sorry speaking in tongues kind of but we we can't do anything um so second peter look at chapter one if you guys are there in chapter one look at verse three notice this it says as his divine power has given freely, right, to us all things, not some things, but all things, that what? That pertain to two things, to life, and to secondly, godliness, and it's through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Is that amazing? Oh, I love it. So how do we receive holiness and godliness according to this verse? Well, there it is. It's by his divine power. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ." So you and I, we have it all. We have a lack for nothing. We got it. We got it made. In Christ Jesus, everything that we need for holiness and godliness is contained in our relationship with the Lord, right? So Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 also says, And my God shall supply some of your needs, all of your needs, thank you, according to his riches in Christ in, in glory by Christ Jesus. Thanks, guys. Um, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 It says, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Peter says, hey, there's five things that you and I as believers ought to be doing um, if we really believe that the rapture of the church is just around the corner. If you really believe, let's say you really believe that the rapture is going to happen next year. Imagine how you're going to be living your life today. Imagine if you believe it's going to happen next month. How, 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 what a difference you're going to be living out, right, within that month. But imagine if you thought that the Lord's going to come back tonight. Imagine how different your life would be then, right? And when does the Lord want you to expect him? Right now, right? If you ex- expect the Lord right now, it's going to change your manner of life. It's going to change your conduct with others it's going to change your conduct with the lord himself why because you're going to be on your knees you're going to be on your face right? if you're like me i'm like oh i'm sorry lord right i'm i'm repenting of my any sin that even looks like a sin you look like oh i'm repenting right there's no time right there's no time to be fooling around with the things of this world in fact you look ugly when you're in sin do you guys know that it's like a, a beautiful woman in beautiful dress, adorning herself wonderfully. Her hair's made, right? i um, thinking of my wife. She just got her hair done yesterday, so to say, hey, good job your hair. But imagine a beautiful woman, and then she goes to the pig pen and just jumps in the mud with pigs, and she's like, hey, right? You're like, uh, something's wrong. Something's really wrong there. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old's passed away. You're, that's not your life anymore right it, there's just something wrong when you're in sin you're not created to live in sin you're created to glorify the lord to be obedient to his calling right to whatever he's called you to so continue to look to the lord so that's what our first thing is here is we should be looking according to verses 12 13 and 14 um, look at verse 12 it says go back to second peter chapter 3 it says, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. So, looking for, notice in verse 13, by the way, it says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for, notice the word look for, new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Notice in verse 14, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. You guys catching that? So our manner of life, our conduct toward others and toward God, um, the first thing we should be doing is what? Looking, watching, right? That word looking, by the way, pros decao, pros, speaking of toward, and dekeo, speaking of to watch or to expect with great urgency, that's what you're called to do, okay, and we're to be looking forward to, according to verse twelve, and hastening uh which is means to desire with with just a great a great desire right uh desire what what should we be looking for and desiring, according to verse fourteen it says these things, well, what things should we be desiring and hastening well, there's two things that it outlines for us right here. Number 1, we are to be looking forward or toward with a great desire and a great expectation to the coming of the Lord. Rewind with me to verse 12. Look at that, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. So his coming, I believe, speaks of the rapture of the church. And note his second coming will be in wrath, right, to judge the world. But so we're looking forward with great expectation with urgency right with the desire of the rapture of the church 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17 it says for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Uh, Amen? Amen? So expect the day, right? This day, since this is... Uh, this will be the presence of Jesus that we'll be in, right? We'll have our glorified body. We'll be with the Lord. We'll see Him as He is. We're going to sing to Him. We're going to rejoice, guys. We're going to dance. If you guys any anybody dance, I I love dancing, right? You don't want to see me dance, but all right, we don't know nobody. None of us dance wow okay there we go in the back all right so in revelation chapter 5 verse 13 it says blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever well done good and faithful servant man i want to hear those words don't you guys want to hear that i mean well done is good enough right in the end it then to hear I mean, to hear it from somebody that you love, you know, you've been working for all your life, you've been doing stuff, maybe someone you've been serving, your spouse, then they say, wow, good job, hey, thank you for that. And you're like, oh, it was nothing. You get all excited, right? And then, but to hear God tell you, well done, I'm like, and then he keeps going. secondly, what does he say? What, good, good, good? (laughs) Are you kidding me, (laughs) right? and faithful, the third thing. What? Servants? You've been well done, good and faithful servants. How is that possible? What, John 15, is all you did was you just abide in Christ. You just hung out with the Lord, right? You just read through the word of God. You were in prayer. You're seeking the Lord, and well done. That's who he's calling. People that can't he can do a lot through, right? If you're one of the can'ts, I'm one of the can'ts. I can't, Lord. He's like, exactly. That's why I called you, (laughs) right? He wants to show himself mighty and powerful through us, and it's an amazing thing. So secondly, we're also to be looking forward to the promise of the Lord, the promise of the Lord. Notice in verse 13, it says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells so we're to be looking forward with great expectation with a great desire and urgency to the promise of the lord now god has given us a lot of a lot of promises right second uh corinthians chapter 1 verse tw- 20 says for all the promises of god in him are yes and in him amen." right to the glory of god through us So I, pff, amen to that Uh, So everything that God has promised will come true. Is that so cool? I love it. There's some parts of it that I don't like, but, right? Like John, was it, um, 1633, in this world you will have tribulations, right? It's like, okay, Lord, I like all the other promises, but that one, seriously, you know, can you just erase that one, right? (laughs) But all of his promises are going to come true, including that one. uh, Amen, church, you guys? you guys with me? okay all right liars <laughs> but yes is all of his promises will come true so the coming of the lord and the promises of the lord involves really two things according to verse 12 and 13 number one it involves utter destruction according to verse 12 notice it says looking for and hastening the coming of the day of god because of which the heavens will be dissolved uh, on being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat so just like it just said in verse 10 right so secondly it also involves total recreation, total recreation. according to verse 13 notice in verse 13 nevertheless we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells so we're to be Looking forward to that glorious day since... These things, all these things are temporal, and they're going to be destroyed by fire. Right? Everything that you guys see, all this material stuff, it's going to dissolve like fire. It's going to melt. It's going to be gone. The Lord was going to, he's going to do a new thing. In Revelation chapter 21, uh, the ver- first five verses there, um, God promised us a new heaven, a new earth, no more tears, Right? no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. You guys, sign me up, right? Wow, there. There's five things that we should be doing. We should not only be looking. Number one, but secondly, we should be diligent. Diligent, according to verse 14. Notice in verse 14. Well, since Christ is coming back soon, and our conduct toward others and toward God should be affected, we should also be diligent, right? So, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Uh, so this is not an option, by the way, for the believer. This is a command, right? So we are to be eager, we are to labor, we are to be zealous uh, toward, right? Toward what? We are to be eager, zealous, and and, and just uh, toward diligent, toward three things according to verses 13 and 14. Notice number one, we are to be zealous for peace, for peace peace uh, be eager toward this peace right it's used 92 times in the new testament and it means rest quietness calmness tranquility ah right that's my definition ah um, this is one thing that we need in our lives today amen i think uh if anything we need the the peace of the lord we have a crazy schedule lots of things going on and we think the material things will bring us peace right if only i won the lottery if only i got a new house a new spouse Whoa, watch out right then things would be wonderful then i'll have peace but you ask every person that has these things if they're not a believer right do you got peace with this no what are they doing Well, just one more thing. What if I do that? And they're they're always on their next greatest adventure. And they're looking for peace. But they don't ever find that peace until they come to Jesus. And so uh, it's it's amazing. But true peace, it only comes through who? The person of Christ Jesus. And so Ephesians 2.14, Paul said, Jesus is our peace, right? And Jesus said in John 14.27, he says... Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, this peace can only come with a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Philippians 4 7, it says, What? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through who? Through Jesus Christ, right? Through Christ Jesus. So, Um, secondly we are to be diligent toward spotlessness spotlessness notice in verse 14 it says therefore beloved looking forward to these things be diligent to be found by him in peace number one without spot and this word blameless by the way uh, it means above reproach it means without rebuke so it means not that we're perfect in any way, by the way, um, but when charges are laid against us, they they don't stand, they don't stand at all. I remember charges being laid against me, and I said, "Can you show me in the Bible where where I went wrong, and they couldn't do it and then I, I kind of got the flesh in me, and I said, "No, really, keep come on, show me, can you show me?" And they, they couldn't show me, but I kind of liked the feeling, right that you're you're blameless." and they they're like no i can't well no but you know right they it can't stand there's no volume to it there's no evidence for it right so um when com- uh Complaints and charges are brought against us. The natural man, right, uh, wants to vindicate ourselves. So let everybody know that, you know, what's said against us, it's not true, whatever they said, right? And we want to say, hey, everybody, just understand all this and that. But the Bible says, in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, it says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Some of you guys are not liking me anymore. <laughs> hey, it's the Bible. But who would you rather be blameless before? God or man? Right? Let man be a liar, right? So uh, God knows the truth. Why, you know, we're, 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 we're not... It, I don't know how to explain that. How do I say that? Why are we not okay with knowing that God knows the truth? Right? Just be okay with it. Know that God is in complete control. He knows exactly what he's doing and what he's allowing to happen in our lives. And if anything, it's for our own growth. It's for our own maturity in our walk with the Lord. It's almost like he's sharpening us up, right? Third, uh, we should be open. We should be open. Notice in verse 15 and 16 in 2 Peter 3, it says in verse 15, and consider... There's your, there's your openness right there. It means to be open to, or to think about, open to the fact that, what? That the, the, with the Lord, he's long-suffering toward us, right? That's what the, it says right here. It says, "...and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to understand." which untaught and unstable people, they twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. So these untaught, unstable people, they take Paul's teachings and they twist them around, right? Which result ultimately in their own destruction. And so I think since the context of what Peter's talking about here, is speaking about the day of the Lord, I think that's exactly what they're referring to here. They're taking the day of the Lord, and they're twisting it, and it's leading to their own destruction. So how did they twist the word? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 4 says, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things they continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So they turn the rapture of the church into something difficult and they concluded that well he's not going to return right i mean how could he i mean look nothing great has ever happened in the past so if nothing great's ever happened then how would something great happen in the future right is what their understanding is believe it or not if you guys talk to people this is really their their brain but they forget if you read in the context of chapter 3 not only in creation itself a uh, duh right but they create the they they forget the flood and, and it's amazing. So, um, interesting. So they, they uh, it's amazing. I've seen this true, by the way, in my own life in the church. Uh, you know, I see people, they no longer have that great expect that urgency of the rapture of the church anymore now they believe no God could come after the antichrist he's going to come all, all the stuff's going to happen on earth and then he comes after that and they change their view and no longer do they have that urgency and all of a sudden you know I, I, I look at their lives and there's it's all it's like there's no more hope there's no more passion in their life. all of a sudden it just faded away and for those specifically that I know that have changed their view it, it, they they're not no longer walking with the Lord. They have this other view, and then they have this 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 like really uh aggressiveness about them all of a sudden right they get really aggressive and they're just like my view is better it's like i don't care what your view is man it's what the bible says i'm not hey and i purposely don't bring it up around them because they get all crazy but but they these ones specifically they're no longer walking with the lord they're out doing all the things of the world and there's they're not going to church anymore and it drove them away from the lord and i I think that view the other views are are really um, destructive in my own view but uh it's just amazing. Proverbs 29, 18, what does it say? It says, uh, where there's no vision, the people perish, right? That's the King James Version, but uh, very interesting, but I would leave the word where it stands. It teaches a pre-trib view, and that's where I stand. Hey, Revelation, if you look at chronologically, there's the church, right? Chapter 2, chapter 3, uh, um, chapter 4 but chapter 5 then what happens in chapter 6 Oh, tribulation time brrr, up to 19 you get, everything's just in order you look at genesis to revelation you got basically a pre-trib view in all things right god's wrath never comes he gets his people out right and then brrr, what do you say to lot you know we, we can't until he's out of here right and so uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too crazy there. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 9 says, he is long-suffering toward us. So this is the reason why he has not returned yet. Some of you guys might be like, how come he hasn't ha- come yet, right? He didn't come in 1999. He didn't come in 2001. He didn't come in 2011. I mean, now they're saying September 23rd of 2018. <laughs> right? I don't think it's going to happen now. Thanks a lot, guys. But um, but why hasn't he come yet? Because he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish." That's his will for you, for everybody in this world, that that none should perish, right? That all should come to repentance. And so he he hasn't come back yet because he loves you. He loves your family, uh, uh, your brother, your sister, your co-worker, right? He loves these people that much that he's bearing with us, right? He's long-suffering toward us uh, that they might get saved. And when they do, boom, we're out of here, right? That last person, whoever it is, I'm excited for it. Um, so, the fourth thing we should do is is we should be aware, be aware, notice verse seventeen You therefore, beloved, um, since you know th- this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Wow, what a great theme for a conference, that verse, right? I love that verse. Uh, be careful not to be led away by the air of people saying that, you know, he's delayed his coming. He's not coming back again, right? Instead, Christian, be solid, right? That firm foundation in Christ Jesus. Believe on Jesus. Believe that the Lord could come back at any minute. And, and because, well, the Bible says he is, right? <laughs> he's coming back soon. Uh, so we're to be steadfast. Don't be lazy in your expectation of Christ Jesus Um, and and last we should be growing according to verse 18 we should be growing notice in verse 18 it says uh, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and forever so we're to grow in grace. According to verse 18, it's the grace of our Lord and Savior, by the way. Uh, this word grace, charis, mentioned 156 times in the New Testament, means unmerited favor, getting what we don't deserve, right? Um, it's a gift, and we're, we're to grow in this gift of grace that God has given us um, and, and we don't deserve. Not only grace for eternal life, I think that's a no-brainer for a lot of us. We're like, uh, I'm definitely going to rely on his grace. But are you relying on his grace for every moment of every day of your life, on his grace, right, that you need his grace in, in these times, in John one sixteen it says, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, for grace, for grace, for grace that 's the, the the Greek setting there. It keeps going and going and going he 's given us a, a whole bunch of it Acts chapter twenty verse thirty two We understand that we are built up by his grace. Uh, In Romans chapter 1 verse 5, we have grace for what? For obedience to the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. In Romans chapter 5 verse 2, we know that we can stand in his grace right? Uh, we grow in his grace by abiding in him and allowing him to do his work in us by abstaining from sin and the things of this world, right? And, and we, we stay away from those things that will hinder us in our walk with the Lord. And so we should grow, secondly, Second area, not only in the first area, is grow in the grace, but grow in knowledge, right? According to verse 18, uh, not just any knowledge, but the knowledge. And so knowledge, this word gnosis, uh, speaks of an intimate knowledge that comes with by experience right so entering into a personal relationship with jesus christ not just knowing things about him right but uh, i also will add to that by the way through the third thing is not really here in our text but we're to grow in our in our personal devotional time with the lord i think that's lacking one of my questions that i like to ask christians and say oh you're a christian Oh, okay hey where 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 are you reading What, what did the lord show you this morning well what do you mean Oh, weren't you in the Word this morning? Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, that's okay. Well, I guess we got nothing really to talk about today, right? But it's a good convicting thing if you're not in the word. But if you're in the word, what a rejoicing thing it is, right? You're like, oh man, I'm in Jeremiah and, it, and they're going to go through captivity and, and this is the reason why. And you're all excited because the Lord, he spoke to you through your devotional time with him, right? And so meditating on his word, man, singing songs from his word, fellowshipping about his word, right? Breaking bread with one another. Just it's amazing. So in doing these things, you're going to bring glory to him. And you'll be like Peter, where Peter says right here, to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen? Amen, church? So in the end, may we, like Peter, may we say amen, right? So be it, right? Amen. Uh, so let's stand, guys, and let's, let's pray. I hope you guys are encouraged. I know it was a whole lot, too, but I hope you guys are as much as I was. Oh Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray you would uh, continue to instill your word within our hearts, Lord. That we would be able to hear that still voice, Father. That um, that still small voice, Lord. That that is there. I pray we would hear from you, Lord. Speak to us, encourage us, Lord, in our devotional time with you. If it takes waking up an hour early, Lord, uh, then so be it, Lord. Help us to know you and live. Like you're coming back at any moment, Lord. I know I got a lot of people mad just for saying that, Lord. But I I do pray that you administer all of us, Lord. Not only them, but myself as well. I pray that we would um, have that urgency, Father. And we know that we can't have it apart from your grace. And so we ask right now, Lord, that you grant each and every one of us that extra, that that grace that we need, Father. uh, To live this life that you called us to. To be perfect, Lord. We can't. And so we pray that you'd grant us that grace to stand before your throne boldly, Lord, to uh, intercede on behalf of those who are weak as well. I pray you would grant us um, uh, just your word, Lord, that we might be able to pray uh, more so for those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.